Welcome to Outside Inside Radio, which is brought to you by Prison Arts Collective. Prison Arts Collective is founded on the belief that art is a human right and is dedicated to bringing the transformative power of the arts to people experiencing incarceration. Our collaborative teaching teams include faculty, students, and staff, and our classes include making art, art history, reflection, and the cultivation of a safe space. We're based in the School of Art and Design at San Diego State University and have additional chapters at three CSU campuses, San Bernardino, Fresno, and Fullerton. Prison Arts Collective is a project of California Transformative Arts, an initiative of the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Outside Inside Productions are a way to communicate with our participants and with the wider public through video and other media as an extension of our distance learning project created in response to COVID-19. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Outside Inside Radio. I'm your co-host, Ella Turen, and I'm here with my co-host, Kathy Foley-Mayer. Hi, Kathy. Hi, everyone. Good morning. And we are here with an extraordinary visual artist. We're so excited to have her here with us to share her creative journey and her story, Tara Dunbar. Hi, Tara. How are you? Hi, ladies. How are you doing this morning? We're doing so well, and we're so happy to have you on the show with us today. So we want to start by asking you a little bit about your own artistic journey. Um, how did you become an artist? I'd have to say that probably started when I was little, um, just spending time with family and them throwing us some coloring books. I think that that's something that should be an option for kids because I, I did take to it. I do think it started at a young age, the desire to to create something, you know, in front of you, something you can actually touch. All through school, I took every art class there was available, anything that I could do to learn, uh, hung out with the art teacher, you know. Was it something that was encouraged in your family? Like, did folks see that you had this interest and encouraged you all along? I, I think so, a little here and there. Um, my dream was maybe to go to college for art or something, but um, our family, we really weren't. Uh, my dad, my father was ill, so it was kind of rough. So I needed a job that I could do something immediately to help our family when I left when I was 18. So I just, I became a hairstylist actually for a while, which is a type of art. Also worked in a bar, you know, which uh, caused alcoholism later in my life. So that's, that's another story, but that actually stole my art from me, the alcoholism. Um, I stopped creating for about 10 years, but all throughout there was a drive for me to do it. And now that I'm still doing it, even after I got my desire back, which I, I got the desire back when I was inside um, for something that happened to me, it was a drinking and driving accident. And I was on the inside for a while. And um, the minute I got a piece of paper and a pencil in my hand, it was on. And I realized that I had lost something very precious to me. And that was my desire to create. So it came back and throughout my life, I've had people inspire me to keep doing it, you know, but while I was in there, I had some really special people inspire me. Other inmates, guards, you know, they, they go through your locker <laughs> and they run across your art and they're everyone's a person. 
when you see their face change because they see something interesting or new and they, and then they tell you how cool it is. And then you realize you, you were the one that made it. Um, it's inspiring. You know, I was kind of glad to get my locker searched after a while. Cause I felt like I could make somebody smile, but now today I'm using it even more like to reach out to depressed kids and depressed adults. There's a lot of people that are sad right now with the pandemic. Everything is so strange, you know? And so I'm trying to reach out with my art and just kind of round up some folks and put some smiles on people's faces, you know, here and there. So I'm curious, how does your work reflect how you see the world? I, I project the world's pain a lot of times through my art. I try to let people know that it's okay to feel something. I'm not really good at talking to people. This is on my second podcast ever and technology's come a long way. So when you get out, you know, I'm just going to talk to the, to the people real quick. When you get out, don't hesitate to get you a smartphone and take some pictures of your art and show it to the world because the world deserves to see it. Don't do what I did. I stuck it under my bed. I stuck it in closets for, for 15, 20 years. And uh, two years ago, I decided to show it to the world. It was about probably 175 um, pieces of art, probably. <laughs> a lot That's of a lot. Them are, yeah, <laughs> That's dude, that it took a while. Um, and, and I just during that time, I was still trying to create here and there because that's my therapy too, you know, is grabbing the emotions from around me, from people. It doesn't matter if I go to the grocery store or I see somebody driving mad, you know, sometimes I can capture that. Sometimes some of my art comes from dreams or something I've seen on the news that I thought was ugly. People not being fair to one another and not treating each other as humans. Um, the way that I look at it is none of us chose to be born. None of us raised our hand. And so we all suffer. And the only way that this is going to get better is for people to love each other. Mm -hmm. It's been hard for people inside, outside, everywhere. Yeah. And art, yeah. art, art, art will keep you sane though. If it keeps you sane now, it will keep you sane later. <laughs> promise. It has that kind of power. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I've seen, I've checked out your work and it is very powerful. I love the vibrant colors that you use. When you say that your art is reflective of emotion, I can totally see it that you're sort of like painting from whatever is pouring out of you, whatever you're seeing around you. So I wonder that technique, did it come to you naturally? Like, how did you develop your, your style, your aesthetic? It, you know, was it like one day that's what you painted and you were like, oh, this works and I'm gonna keep going for it? My art is really hard to explain because I challenge myself with different things so often that I barely have time to think about what I mastered the last time <laughs> because I really like mixed media art. Um, as far as the drawing goes, there are times when I'm drawing, and this might sound crazy, but there are times that I'm drawing something and I'll stop for a second because I'm not sure where to go with it. If I stare at it long enough, I actually will see it on the paper and my hand will just go with it. And it's like, 
God is helping me or something. And so I never really get uh, what they call art block. I really don't even feel like it's me doing the artwork in the beginning. I just, uh, I feel like an art machine. Mm-hmm. It just, <laughs> and if I'm not doing it, I'm not really happy. I'm not giving. Right. You're like a vessel uh, in which <laughs> everything is flowing out of. I totally get it. It's important for me. I'm one of those people that has, I have to have a lot of quiet when it comes down to the real critical details. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do have animals and stuff around here on this little farm <laughs> that I live. At. I have chickens, dogs, horses, and cows. Um, wow. <laughs> and so I have to work at times that are quiet. And uh, when I was in prison, that was hard for me because of the noise. Mm-hmm. But another thing, you know, color heels, color heels. And I wish that the walls or that there could be a place on the inside where um, people could go and create on the inside, like in a room with different colored walls or something. I feel like that would heal. That's one of the things that um, I regretted the most about being in there was the color. They take everything. Of course you're, you're in there. But um, when I got my first set of colored pencils, it changed everything for me. You know, I, it takes a while to get any while you're in there. You have to order them and you have to get money on your books and get it, you know, approved and things. And so I finally got my first set of colored pencils and, and it changed, it changed so much for me because it's hard, you know, that the gray and the drab. I've heard that from other folks too, that they've, they've even gone so far into say that, you know, if you write letters to folks inside, send it on colored paper. Um, mm-hmm. because that really helps, you know, in contrast with all of the gray and the drab that you're talking about on the outside, we take those things for granted because colors all around us and we get to experience it every day just because that's the way the world is. And to not even realize that that also can be taken away from you. Um, yeah, yeah. which you know, I, I realize you're in there to be punished, but my suggestion to the prison system that if they really want to help people at least have a a small facility similar to what you have for the people that go to the gym because i work out i like to go to the gym but also what about for people who need some you know a little bit of color Mm -hmm. you know or maybe want to go to sit down and use their colored pencils so often they can let some of the long timers you know paint a mural or something inside there you know, every five years or something. There's lots of places where there are a a bunch of murals and it does definitely make a difference. So I think it's a great suggestion. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your practice? Do you make art every day? Do you have to do it at a certain time? Like, tell us a little bit about your practice and how that has evolved. Um, Well, when you get out, you got to work. You got to have a job. (laughs) You know, so my job comes first. Um, I do lawn and landscape and I also help a person that has Parkinson's disease. I'm also a dog groomer (laughs) and uh, a mom of an 18 year old boy and I have horses. And so besides my other jobs that actually make the money and pay the bills, I do the art and it's a passion and it's a urge now to just let people see it. And so that's kind of my goal is just to show it to people. And along the way, I've met some really cool people and stuff, but I do have to juggle it. That's something that if you want to keep doing it, you know, you're, you're probably not going to make any money right off the bat. So you have to remember that it's your passion. If you're doing it in there and it's making you feel good, 
you want to keep doing it on the outside because all those things and all those people are going to come back to you that might have helped to get you where you are. So you want to stay out. So you want to do the things that got you through it, the things that keep you out. And it's not easy, but if you juggle it, you can. Yeah. Now it's interesting to me that a couple of your jobs are actually also creative. You said you were a hairstylist and it's, I think you said you were doing landscaping. Do you feel like you bring your your art when you're doing that? I definitely like to work with my hands. <laughs> the older I get, I'm starting to feel that um, a desk job, I just don't think would have quite worked out for me. Maybe I just wasn't quite cut out for being in one spot all the time. So I, I do feel like I have to be on the move and constantly doing something with my hands. And I do like being at peace. You know, I do like quiet, but we don't get to choose that. And I'll tell you, I missed my peace and quiet when I was inside. That was rough. One of the hardest things they say is not doing the time itself. It's the people you do it with. And I had some awesome roommates, but they, they moved me and threw me all over the place. I was in three different uh, prisons before I got done. And so I never really knew anybody for very long, of course. And you're kind of a lone wolf, (laughs) but you have memories of people that, that you actually love from in there. I have friends that I made in there that I probably will never see again, but they were some of the most beautiful people. But let me tell you, I did enjoy my peace and quiet when I got back out. (laughs) I think the word train of thought, that little saying that people say your train of thought, that that's very important for an artist. They, they have to have a, a starting point and an ending point. And if there's too much chaos in between there, the mood of the creation that you had in mind kind of gets tampered with. So I think that's where an artist needs uh, a little bit of quiet so they can keep that vibe going from point A to point B, you know, and connect the lines. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. And I really feel like your art, I was looking at your Instagram feed and what you were talking about, about the beautiful relationships you had with um, some the people while you're on the inside, it's really, it really comes out in your art really beautifully and vibrantly. Um, I wanted to ask if you, as a result of your inside experience, do you consider yourself an activist? You know, I don't know. Um, when it comes to art, I, I, I could definitely stand up in front of a million people and say that art heals. And I would argue it all day long with a million people because I know that it heals because it healed me. So if it could heal this crazy lady, it can heal just about anybody. Um, I, I've dealt with a lot of depression and different things throughout my life. I think some of it was genetic even. I ended up getting tattoos on my arms to keep my myself from harming myself. I used to get so upset when I was young that I would put marks on my arms and things. And I actually went to a tattoo artist and had them cover that up with artwork mm-hmm. so that I would never do that again. And that's the extreme that I know. I mean, that's just one thing, one extreme thing that I know that art has helped me. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it works. And if it works, then it's medicine. I love phrasing it like that, that art is like medicine. I feel like you have spent a lot of time like really thinking about who you are. I wonder if art has contributed to that. And if you could talk a little bit about what art has taught you about yourself. Oh boy. Um, I think it teaches you, teaches me 
to enjoy my own company. When you've never spent any time on your own, you know, so many people are crowded around each other all the time. And then when you go to a place like prison, you're, you're there all alone a lot. And so you get inside your head and you do a lot of thinking. And so I think I was able to look at myself and then kind of create my own little world for a while and regroup. I think that the outside world was so hard on me and with the alcoholism and everything else, I think I felt like I was uh, almost on vacation for the first time in my life. Somebody was taking care of me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's really sad, Mm -hmm. but I want to share this with you because the first real drawing that I did in there was a mermaid and I decided to call her Molly mermaid and it has nothing to do with the drugs. Back when I did drugs, they, they didn't call it Molly. They called it something else, but, but that mermaid was kind of a reflection of, of myself. And I think I built a little world around these mermaid drawings. And, uh, I think it kind of helps me get to know myself and I just kept, kept creating. I, I drew lots of stuff in there, you know, animals and horses and things, but this, this mermaid series just kept going and I actually did a recent one and it was really beautiful because I have more um, art supplies now, now and things to work with. <laughs> but um, I think that was me. I think that was me. And I think as you watch her, you, you see her kind of evolve. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how, where she goes, this Molly <laughs> mermaid, because I don't know. I, I was thinking maybe I should make a brand or something with her eventually or write a little book or do a little cartoon with her. Something. Yeah. Those mermaid uh, work that you have are really beautiful. And yeah. I, yeah and I, I mean, we all, we, when we make something, we have a piece of ourselves in, in, you know, every piece of artwork that we make. So I could see you, I could totally see you putting some of yourself into, into Molly and trying to capture the beauty and the solitude and all of the emotions that you were feeling. And it definitely comes through. And I love, I love what you're, what you say about, um, wanting to spend time with yourself and feeling comfortable being in your own company. I think that's so beautiful because sometimes we do have a hard time. Maybe the pandemic has taught us a little bit more about that, but um, yeah, to be, to be like comfortable in your own skin and to know yourself is definitely a gift and a blessing. So I'm so glad that art was able to give you that. I did. I, I felt like it, 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 it gave me back myself again, my true self, because the alcoholism had stolen that from me completely. I mean, how devastating. And so I realized once I got out of there and I did quit smoking too, I I stopped smoking cigarettes the day that I left from there and never smoked since. Wow. Um, That was something. So I got rid of both (laughs) those bad, nasty habits, got rid of them. They're expensive. It's gross. Um, But you know, I came out of there kind of a new person and you're, you're going to run across your own loved ones that will test you because they, they haven't necessarily changed. Mm-hmm. So some of their things that they are doing, they might still be doing them. They might've developed more things since you got out there. Um, it's, 
it's really you and God, <laughs> you know, we were born basically alone. We're going to die basically alone. And uh, you got to take care of yourself. And that goes for mental health and physical and everything. And uh, spending time with yourself is important. If you can't do that, how can you make anybody else happy? How can you be a solid mm-hmm. human being? Very true. Yeah, I just, I, I use the art to regroup. I use it to make people smile. I use it to spread uh, emotion. I use it to to a lot of things. And I'm just glad that people like it. It's funny. You know, I, I think they like it more than I thought they would. You mm-hmm. know, that makes sense. Some of it's kind of scary and dark, but feelings <laughs> are scary and dark. You know, we we have good feelings and we have bad feelings and there's scary stuff in the world and there's not scary stuff. And I like to trap all of it. To me, all emotions, all emotions count. You can't pretend like you have some and not the other or things aren't balanced. Right. So I just, I really try to grab that emotion. And sometimes for instance, if I've done too many happy ones, maybe it's time to do a sad one, you know, because maybe I'm trying to cover up those emotions because that's what helps people. I've had a lot of, a lot of people come to me and uh, send me DMs saying, you know what? Thank you. You know, I was really sad today, but that was cool. You know, thanks for bringing me out of my funk. You know, I got a, I got an idea now. I'm going to try something different and I'll say, yeah. What I was really struck when you were talking just now was how much you use art as a way of connecting with other human beings. Like that's what they're responding to. So when it, when you, you know, show your art, there's almost an immediate connection there. And that's, it seems like that's what makes art so powerful as a, as a practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, connected to that, you mentioned earlier that you, you uh, use your art to connect with people who are um, maybe going through a hard time. Is that work you do with a specific community or is it just through like posting your work and you get people responding to you? Like, how does that happen? Yeah, it's, it's kind of turned into like a networking really. Um, I I get a lot of reaction and and a lot of good vibes and, and uh, good energy from, from just putting those feelings out there because they might feel something completely different than what I felt when I was drawing it, but still, you know, it's, it's, it's helping somebody it's reaching out It made somebody smile, but I don't want to forget to tell you guys that one of my favorite things to do is to look at other people's art. Yeah. (laughs) Who are your favorite artists? (laughs) I spend a lot of time. I mean, it would really be hard to me for me to say who my actual favorite. (laughs) I don't think I could actually say that, but, um, Right now, I've got 4,000 followers on, on Instagram, and I follow about 4,000. I, I, I'm not one of those people that need a bunch of followers. I kind of like to keep up with the people that I'm with. And I go back and I try to see everyone's artwork. And I mean, it's a lot to keep up with at this point. But I'll tell you, I have met some good good little friends on there. And it's like having a whole little art family, you mm-hmm. know, and that's a good feeling. That's a good feeling because yeah. those are that's real people. Those are real people. And, you know, and I'm kind of coming out of my shell. I'm I'm normally real shy, but this is helping me be able to tell my story and talk. The more that I start sharing, it'll be easier. And then I can, I can do more than just showing the art. I can also tell Mm -hmm. some stories like this. Um, There was a time when I was in there that I had to do a uh, intense 
treatment program. And it was for one year before I was allowed to leave prison toward the end of my stay. And uh, that treatment program was hard and you hardly get any sleep. And there wasn't a lot of time to do my art, you know, while I was in that and stuff. So that last year was really, really hard on me, but uh, um, it taught me a lot of self-discipline and it got me ready for the real world, you know, and ready for, for having to work and juggle. Like I said, you're going to juggle, you're going to juggle with your feet. You're going to juggle with your head. You're going to keep doing your art because that's what makes you smile. I like to give art, um, art supplies out to kids. I just started doing this actually, but, um, it makes kids smile, you know, um, a good chance. A lot of kids probably don't have a, a little watercolor set or some mm-hmm. pencils or, or some, a good sketch pad. And it's amazing what $10 of art supplies will do for a kid, you know? So I've been doing that and that it's easier for me to find kids to help than it is for some <laughs> adults. I don't know why. So I've been, I've been getting some help with that, but I think I'm going to start going to women's shelters eventually, some of my local women's shelters and see how those ladies are doing and see if any of those ladies would like smart supplies. So yeah, I'm working my way up to uh, doing that kind of stuff because that makes me almost or just as happy as doing art. I found out. It's that same <laughs> feeling, you know, when you, when you, you talked about earlier, like um, having people see your art and get that smile, get that feeling. And you know, you did something for that person. I think it's probably the same feeling. When I give them those art supplies, I know that they're going to make something and smile later. That That's enough for me. I'm still limited on how I do it. And a lot of it's still coming out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. So, which is cool. I got somebody that donated a guitar last week and, and they were going to try to uh, auction it off and donate the money toward art supplies for me to go deliver in the Kansas city area. So we'll see how that goes. Wow. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do you want to leave our, our listeners with any final thoughts or, sh- you know, share like where you think your art is going? Uh, if you have any advice for some, I mean, you gave such great advice earlier, I think to people who might be shy about getting their art out there, whatever you'd like to leave us with. I don't know. There's just a few words that mean a lot to me. I like to throw them out there. Like have hope for yourself, have faith for yourself, care about yourself, take care of yourself. Always look for a positive, always look for what's next. Don't dwell on the past always project into the future and find forgiveness for yourself and love yourself and make yourself a person that other people can, can love and that they want to love, you know, don't, don't feel sorry for yourself, get out there and do it. And if art heals you, don't stop. The best advice I can give to somebody is don't ever stop drawing. Don't ever stop drawing. Don't ever stop painting. Because if 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 I would have kept doing it, I would have not been became an alcoholic. We're only here for a little time. None of us decided to be here, but we're here. So now we just gotta love as hard as we can. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Tara. We really appreciate all right. you. All right, you all, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Big love from Kansas City. Thank you for joining us here at Outside Inside Radio. We really appreciate your support. And you can find out more about us at www.prisonartscollective.com. I'm your host, Ella Turen. Thank you so much for listening to this special episode. 
of Outside Inside Radio. Until the next time.